It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the key studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show. I am joined this evening by the one, the only man. I love this guy, Vince Cellini. I love you, too. Here, man. I love you, too. Man, listen, we're a couple of Northeast Ohio guys. <laughs> look, by the way, you know, I'm, I'm not a Goomba, by the way. I may look like it. But I'm Polish, like I'm I'm half Polish, Chukri. My 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 grandfather was Chukri, grandma was Prunowski, and all my well, you, aunt, all my relatives came from the boats to, from Poland over that's, here. Well, you must be from Northeast Ohio because back a generation before me, that's what they was to say. You know, my father would say, "Hey, you know that Polish kid you played ball? Who's that kid you played yes. ball with? Who's that kid? Who's that Slovenian kid you played ball with? That or the, you go, who's that Dago kid you played ball with over there? You know that one? I go, Dad, you have a name, you know, just." But that's what you know. Yes. All that stuff, and then we and we had these ethnic pockets, you know. Back then, the food was just phenomenal. My we took my off to. my grandma's sister, my aunt Marie, she married an Italian, and when I tell you that she learned how to make rigatoni and everything, oh man, it was so good. Oh, you know, because my uncle T, it was it was you know she married Uncle T. So, you know how that goes up there, right? No, absolutely. You know? And that, that's a staple. I mean, you better be able to know how to make sauce. Yeah, like that. And, and she did. And I remember my father's father and, you know, quiet guy. And, you, you know, didn't say much. But I'll tell you what, if noon on Sunday, you better have, there better be macaroni yeah. on the table. Yeah, yeah. It better be there. My, my aunt could make a mean rigatoni with sauce, man. I'm yeah. telling you. Like, it was so good. And my grandma was one of those people that. She baked until like they were. It was coming out the front door. Would you say where would you rate Italian food as among the almost universally liked foods? Just the, do you know what I'm saying? Like an yes. ethnic food, Mexican and, and Italian. Would you say? I, I would say Mexican is the most popular. Okay. I mean, it's Mexican has become. But do you know anyone that goes? Yeah, you know, I just really don't want a good plate of pasta. I just no. But but I will tell you this: like the. If you can find those little authentic Mexican restaurants, like I've been to a few little like nook and cranny Mexican, yeah. you could tell the difference. Oh, like, yeah. th- there is a difference in that. I mean, just the way everything is done. But I agree with you. Like there is nothing quite like a good bowl of pasta. Like they're just you can't you can't substitute. Well, I got I got to think they're one and one a then. Yeah. As far yeah. as that's concerned, it's just Mexican has the, the difference has become Mexican is so quick and convenient. But that's what makes it so popular. But you're looking for authentic. I, I I'm with you. Mexican. But how many people know that though? See, that's the thing. You're so used to just go to, you know, Joe Bag of Donuts Mexican restaurant over here that you know it's just it's quick, it's easy. You know, like you put your order in for a combo number six, and 13 seconds later it's already on your table, right? I mean, it's not like they had to recook the beans again. They're already refried for the third time, so they got it ready. A little bit of rice, right? Let's bring out the tortilla. I mean, just they, it, it's so fast. Like they churn those people in and out of there. Literally, I could eat, I could eat pasta macro. I could eat it every day, every day, and not get sick. Of it. I, well, I could. And I've eaten it almost every day. I was gonna say mind. I'd be, I'd be Andre the Giant if I. <laughs> if <laughs> They'd I, have to roll me in here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd be like Augustus from uh, you know Willy yeah. Wonka. Yeah. Like they just, <laughs> they did just tumble me and roll me over. On good the chips side, and so. salsa is underrated as well too. If you can find good chips and salsa at a Mexican restaurant, I mean. Like they That's make it. the chips, they make the chips there and the salsa there. But here's the, here's the dirty little secret. They all shop at the same place. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not like that That just kind of the fast, quick chains or whatever. They all kind of buy from the same carniceras and stuff like that, right? I mean, they just kind of all buy from the, the same people. 
So yeah. it, that's where you got to get into the authentic places off the beaten path. You want really good fajitas. You want really good salsa. That's where you have to go find those kinds of places. Like you got to dig into the into the holes and the nooks and crannies, yeah. the Buford well, highways, and sneak around in some of those places. Well, up where I live in Marietta, I mean, honestly, you could walk. You know, every hundred yards, there's a Mexican yep. restaurant up there. So I want to send you up there, and it'll be about a month where you'll have to do some research and yeah, uh, because, a little recon. Because they can just tr- um, they just turn that's all that comes that's all that comes up. Yeah. It's a, a new restaurant, a Mexican restaurant. Right. I mean, because it's so quick and easy to just turn those places. Now, are you as bad? I know we got to get the Falcon Fly over here in just a minute. We do. We do. Are, are you as bad as your brother? About Olive Garden, I've never, your, your, I've never, your, your I've never brother eat, has a pure hatred. I've never eaten an Olive, Olive okay. Garden. Okay, so you kind of have a hatred for Olive Garden. I, I, I don't hate anyone, but I. Uh, you can say it. this is nighttime. It's eight no, o'clock. I, I wouldn't say I, I. I don't know that I hate it because I'd never. I've never tried it. I have an aversion to it. Okay, I will say that. So, so you would never be like you've never been tempted to just. No, man, I gotta run by. I just need something to no, eat. Let me no, go to no, really. No, never, not one. I haven't. You'd set eat fo- your I hand, never... but just say it. you'd eat your hand. Well, I never, you do the I've never garden. set foot in there. No, I'll, 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 I'll scramble up eggs and before I do that. <laughs> so he does have oh, a hatred. He'll scramble yeah, up that, that's, eggs. That's, yeah. that's, I'll do oh, any. Man. I'll open a can of tuna <laughs> right. before oh. I see, before I go there. That, see, he didn't want to say he has a hatred. I mean, right, they may be very good people. It's just not you know, it's not my thing. That's all. I'm a bit of a purist. I was gonna say, is is it insulting? I mean, is that kind of what it is? Well, Your brother's some, insulted by it. Well, I, you know, you can't take it personally because, you know, no, no one's threatening you with, with that. But, hey, my job. Yeah. Coming out oh, you're, you're you down. Gonna, you know what? You're going to eat this. I'm going to eat this Olive Garden right now. Now, shut up and eat this Olive Garden now. But, no, you can't. I, I just, it's just, no, not my thing. Okay. Tour I, of Italy is really good, though, from Olive Garden. I love the tour of Italy. I'm just going to Well, yeah. you would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, uh, uh, just to give you an idea to of each our, his own. Just to give you an idea of and our I, producer. And there's good people there. I don't want to offend no, no. anyone. That's all right. We can hate. We, we're allowed to hate. Um, uh, just to give you an idea, Vince, our producer, we, he's a dopey millennial. So he couldn't, I asked, we, had, we, we like quiz him every so often. He couldn't name three movies from the 1980s. You couldn't name three movies from no. the 80s? Nope. Like I can name movies from the 50s. Oh, no, couldn't do it. No, he couldn't name three I know, movies. Uh, I, Star Wars. I, I, I think he had one of the Star Wars movies. I know this movie wasn't in the 50s, I don't think, but it's an old movie. I know, and I only know because we had to do a assignment on it in, in film studies in uh, college, Vertigo. Wasn't that an old movie? Yeah, that's a, that's a 50s movie. That's okay, a, that a Hitchcock 50s. movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alfred Hitch- is his name Alfred, Alfred yes. Hitchcock? Yes. Yeah, yes. I remember him. See what I deal with? You, don't, you can't name one, one 80s movie. Nope. Just try was uh was Batman with uh with uh with Jack Nicholas? <laughs> yes. He, uh, he, seven sh- iron. he shot he shot sixty five. Oh, Jack Nichols? Jack and, Nichols. And, and made Gotham City safe again. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that eighties? <laughs> yes. Only he wore a green jacket rather than a cape. Batman and was chasing him on Murfield. <laughs> yes, he was <laughs> Jack Nichols. I was gonna mix up I can't remember if it's Nicholas or Nichols. Nicholson. 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 Okay, there you go. <laughs> see what I deal with? I mean you see you see what I'm up against. You see what I'm up against every night. So, anyway, this is your night look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the uh, Falcons flyover. Um, very quickly, um, wanna, I like to bring this up, Vince. Um, I, I do think uh, – I'm not telling you I'm a complete believer in pro football focus, but I think that there are a lot of good things about their metrics and stuff like that for the work that they put into it. 
Over the weekend, the top grades offensively for the Falcons. Demir Bird was an 89-7. Elijah Wilkinson, who's been terrific for this team this year, 75-8. Chris Lindstrom, who I think is going to be a first-team All-Pro, 75-3. Zacchaeus was 74-1. Drake London, a 63-6. And then you got defensively, Jalen Hawkins, who I thought was terrific the other day, mm-hmm. 76-9. But unfortunately, he's in the concussion protocol right now. A.J. Terrell, 67-5. Cornell Armstrong, God bless him, with a 66-9. Better than I would have expected. Dean Marlowe, who had to come in at 64-7. And Ebikati at 64-4. Look, when you give up 481 yards, you're not going to have a lot of guys defensively, Vince, that give very good defensive pro football focus grades. No, when you have practice squad guys and guys that have been in the league for just a couple of years and you go into a, a game against a guy who's a you know, Super Bowl quarterback and, and Joe Burrow and it, that, that's a difficult situation. But again, um, you know, we have to also keep the ball away from the, the opposing team and do a better job in balancing that offense as yep. well. And that's what we went into before about trust of Mariota, trust of that passing game. But um, listen, listen the, the one thing that bothers me a little bit is that they haven't traveled well. Carolina, Carolina may be down a little bit after what happened last week, and is P.J. Walker going to be able to put together back-to-back games? Right. By the way, he was – it's funny. As good as he was last week, remember, he played against the Rams the week before, and he was awful. Like, he was awful against the Rams the week before, and they got beat by like three, four touchdowns. He was terrific last week. So you're right. When you have guys like that, you don't know week to week. Is he going to play well or whatever? That's where coaching comes in. Can I can I scheme and can I keep him in a comfort zone where I don't have to have him rear back and fire and, and put the game all on his shoulders? To try yeah, to win? And, and, and it's a it's a balancing act always with quarterback. Look at Belichick. Uh, last night he's got Zappi yeah. in there and, uh, and, and Jones in there. Yeah, he pulled Mac Jones, benched him. I, I mean, but again, Zappi looked great against – the Browns, he did a phenomenal job, yep. but then he was back to not not playing. So that's how young quarterbacks are. Can you be consistent at the quarterback position? Yeah. But that presents problems, you know, in terms of trying to make that balance. And Belichick's got a little bit of an issue, I think, on his hands. Well, it, quarterback play's been very funky this year in the league. Yeah, I mean, Brady, Rodgers, like those guys have not played very well. Their teams have not played well. Those guys haven't played very well. Like, it's now, it really is becoming Mahomes and Allen in the NFL. And it's funny, with, with Brady and Rodgers, both those guys, I, I know they're angry, but remember it was always a good angry when yes. they got mad at their teammates and, and just tried to fire them up? Now it's like, I don't effing like you angry. Well, like we, I've got an issue with. You. I mean, if you had a supermodel yelling at you every week when you have <laughs> other issues, anyway. All right, let's get to uh, Arthur Smith here. Let's uh, hear a couple of clips from the uh, head coach. Uh, here's Arthur talking about how it's a big divisional game this week at home for them. Well, I mean, you know, the quickest way in the playoffs is win your division, and you need to win divisional games. And right now, I mean, obviously we didn't against New Orleans or Tampa, and uh, this is a big game, especially at home. Buccaneers play on Thursday. They play the uh, Ravens on Thursday. There is a chance that if the Buccaneers lose on Thursday, Carolina-Atlanta is playing for first place in the division. Wow. Wow. And the Falcons, if if, if Tampa loses on Thursday, even before they play on Sunday, the Falcons percentage points-wise will be in first place alone before they go in their game on Sunday. Good old NFC South. It's... It's a barn burner. Yeah, it's 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 not real pretty right now. <laughs> All right, let me hear from uh, Arthur Smith talking about. Let's go to number five, Dylan. Arthur Smith talking about Drake London and knowing uh, and understanding why his volume has been so limited. No, because I think that 
what's again what where stats can be misleading it's yeah the target right to catches it but he was the primary on a couple other ones and the ball didn't go there for no reason so he knows that like like everything there's things he can do a lot better there's things i can do a lot better it's not like he's not getting plays called for him we got to do a better job of executing regardless of what plays called and there's a lot of little details that go into it that uh so we can all do better but the one thing if you're just ignoring somebody and you're on your call sheet and you're just refusing to even try to get on the ball that hasn't been the case but the results are what they are and so reality is we, we got to figure out different ways to make sure everybody's getting involved look so at it i think it would be a problem if you just all of a sudden were being hard-headed and ignoring somebody and they they the players could feel that uh these guys are way more perceptive than anybody ever gives them credit for that's not been the case. I can do a better job. We can all do a better job. He can do a better job um, to make sure those targets or primaries become a reality and we execute better. One number that I looked at that I thought was very interesting, Marcus Mariota, when they go no huddle, is completing passes at about 74% on the season. So when it's – you don't have time to – it's just – one read, throw, go. You don't have to go through progressions. You're not trying to, you know. But those are situational type right. offensive possessions, but, right? But the idea, though, that where I think Mariota gets in trouble is trying to go through one, two, three, four, your progressions, staying in the pocket, trying to figure that out. Where Drake London has thrived is his couple of touchdowns is drop back five steps, throw it right to him. Don't think you just – He's your one read, and you throw to him. I think that's the thing about it is that that's where they're having trouble is they don't have enough of those plays where you can just give Mariota one read and throw it to a London or a Pitts when he's got to start navigating his way through progressions. That's where he's had trouble. And by the way, he has the third most time in the pocket of any quarterback in the league. He has the third longest um uh, amount of seconds in the pocket in the league this year. So, so if you're a DC against Mariota, you want to you're moving, you want to move him. His his rollouts, um, I, he's thrown I think for the entire year, seventy three or eighty three yards total what? on quarterback rollouts this year. What? I saw a stat. I, I might even I might even have it available, but hit the the rollout stat number. That he has this year. Yes. That's amazing because yes. when you think of, you know, obviously great quarterbacks. Right. Like Mahomes is a magician once he gets out of the pocket and yes. makes things happen. I'm not saying that Mariota is ever going to be that. But you have to be better. You have to be better in decision making and productivity because it's not going to be that way all the time. So You are going to be moved. Uh, so you have to create. The Falcons have called the sixth most design rollouts in the league this year, 30 despite having the second-fewest pass attempts per game, 21.4. Marcus Mariota has 78 yards this season on those designed rollouts wow. for the entire year. 78 yards passing on 30 rollouts. Is that is that still even in the, in the, in the playbook? Or is, that, is, that on the call, is that on the play sheet? That, that's, that's why I that's say there's there? a difference between being run-heavy and being incompetent in the passing game. What I'm scared of is we're moving toward that incompetent area of throwing the football. That's the part that scares me is whether or not we can, you know, if you're. So what if this becomes evident during the course of the season that this is this is not improving until that, that this is a pattern until they're it's not going to get better until they're eliminated from the playoffs. There won't be. Mariota is going to play quarterback for this team.
the day that they get eliminated from the playoffs, we might be able to talk about Ritter starting. As long as they're in this thing, he's playing the whole way. That's why you've got to. That's why you've got to get him. It's why you've got to get him to play better. They're not going to change quarterback. I can tell you. Well, they have to play, but they they have to again. They have to execute plays that yes. allow him to be successful as who he is. Right. This is who. This is it. This is this. Right. This but is not something else. But this is this. Your two top pass catchers. One's a rookie. One's a second year guy. You know, they're learning the league right now too. They're trying to figure things out. It, it's it's an interesting look. We gotta get to the, the break, but yep. you're down ten points with nine minutes to go. How much more can you keep running the football? At some point, the clock and everything goes against you, and you have to figure out how to throw. They only had one pass, other than that 75-yard touchdown, only one pass for 15 yards in the air in that game last year. Yeah, but between those two young receivers and the others, there should be ways to execute that quick drop out of your hand. Get it out of your hand. It's coaching, quarterback, and the receiver. They all have to figure it out. That's true. When we get back, we're going to talk to Chip Towers from the AJC. We'll talk some dogs with him up next. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Vince Cellini hanging out with me. Sports Radio, now to the game, Odyssey.com app. Attention, adoring fans. Back to more John Chuckery. Hey, folks, how you doing? Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios. Vince Cellini is hanging out with me, man. This has been great, man. Thank I you. Appreciate I've had you. such a good time. You've I appreciate been you coming by, man. No, Thanks for hanging out with me. I appreciate just being with you tonight. And 92.9, give me a, a shot to yeah. come in and just talk sports. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I heard that you were a little bit scared about the idea of going four hours your first time out. No, no. <laughs> you needed some ABs. <laughs> no, I was like, hey, what are we doing? And he, well, we're on you know, 7-Eleven. I go, oh, okay. You know, whatever. But I had heard two hours. so Yeah, yeah. But so, I may stick around. And hey, you're we'll welcome see. to. Listen, I you're welcome to stay around for as long. Because I talked to Conti. I said. But then my parking goes up the longer I stay. Uh, well, no, you get to a point. No, honestly, you get to a point where you got the flat day rate. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, don't worry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I think you're already. You got here. Eh, yeah, you're probably at the flat day rate right about now. So, yeah. Yeah. You'd be better off to just hang out and go to roomy or establishment or oh. go get a drink somewhere than, than oh. worry about getting out too well, early. It's so, always yeah. a yeah. choice so. as well. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps, how you catch us on the go. Social media at 9 on the game. I'm at JMCH316 on Twitter. He's at Vince underscore Cellini. He is at underscore Dylan Matthews. It is Georgia-Florida week. You know what that means. It is uh, near Halloween, and uh, Bulldogs favored pretty comfortably. I think uh, a little bit more than two touchdowns in the game. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Only one guy that we talk to when we want to get into all things Georgia football conversation. It's our buddy Chip Towers joining us. Of course, all of his work at AJC.com. Check out all of the work leading up to the big game coming up on Saturday and then follow him on his Twitter page at C Towers AJC. And Chip, I guess the biggest question right now for this team is, you know, where are we at with Jalen Carter, A.D. Mitchell? I mean, How's the health situation for some of these guys that we haven't seen of late for Georgia? Well, not to lead off with pessimistic news, but it's not great. I actually just came from uh, Buttsmere Football Complex and uh, our regular post-Tuesday, you know, news briefing with Kirby Smart and a couple of players, and and the the news wasn't very encouraging on Jalen Carter or – A.D. Mitchell, Adonai, uh, if you will. Um, But it looks like both of them are probably going to miss the Florida game. I guess he held out a little bit of hope. I mean, you know, Kirby doesn't – 
break it down into probable or questionable or anything like that. But, uh, you know, they're not going. And uh, so when you get to, you know, what Georgia calls bloody Tuesday uh, and you're not going, the odds are go down pretty exponentially from then on. We also lo uh, learned that the great Dirty Dan Jackson, uh, former walk-on out of Gainesville, uh, part-time starter and a uh, really tough guy, uh, 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 part-time starter at safety, uh, is out for the season. He uh, hmm. been experiencing a foot problem, and come to find out he has a stress fracture. They shut him down today, and now they have plans to give him surgery. So not great news when you're getting ready to play old, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson. And what's probably most people don't realize a, a pretty good running the football team. Yeah, Chip, this is a good uh, Florida offensive line that they have as well. And I, I would imagine that, you know, if they run the football a little bit and Richardson can, you know, raise the, the level of his play, they, they got to believe they have this puncher's chance, don't they, in, in, a, in a rivalry like this? Yeah, well, you know, I'd kind of say that on Georgia-Florida anytime. It, it, I, that's a good way to put it, I, uh, is a puncher's chance. And I think when you get into rivalry games like this, that's all it takes is it's incredible how the momentum swings in that building. I, you know, I don't know if it's because of the 50-50 thing or whatever, but, uh, you know, typically if, if one team gets rolling – good or the other team gets rolling bad it, it keeps rolling it seems like and uh and that's you know i didn't even realize until we got into this week uh that florida leads the nation in yards per carry it's mm -hmm. you know they're averaging 6.4 as a team and now you know you you alluded to this as you know they, they are un almost unstoppable when Anthony Richardson plays well, but he doesn't always play well. No, he doesn't. He's had great games throwing the football, and he's had awful games throwing the football. But the one thing that never goes away is his legs. He can he can run, and it's not really designed runs. You know, they throw the ball mostly with him, and and then when you try to pressure him, he you know has a good knack for getting away from it and uh, and running with it. And they got some pretty decent backs too. I. Until we got into the deep dive this week, I didn't realize how good they were at uh, basically moving the ball on the ground. Yeah, they got one of those ETNs that uh, that runs uh, runs it for them. So Chip Towers joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline covering all things Georgia Bulldogs. We get ready for Georgia and Florida coming up. So where are we with – I saw the statement this week about where the future of the game is and we're going to play it all out. I mean, do we all agree, like – it's going to go back on campus. It's just a matter of waiting this deal out, and it's going to head back that way. I mean, is there much of any real chance that this game is going to stay in Jacksonville? Well, I'm starting to lean more that way than I ever have. And believe me, I've always been in the camp that I thought this game would always be in Jacksonville. And, and the reason being is just Jacksonville made it that way. Uh, you know, never mind the, the CBS – attention that it gets every year annually always cbs game of the week uh regardless really of what the situation was with with the respective teams um uh, but you know it's it's uh the money uh you know jacksonville makes sure that both florida and georgia come out better by playing in this game than they would playing it on campus and you know it's kind of interesting kirby smart obviously he has one thing on his mind, well, two things on his mind, winning, number one, and recruiting, number two, and they go hand-to-hand -hand for him, and he feels like 
that they're losing a recruiting weekend uh, every every other year, I guess is the case may be, by playing it down there. Now it's 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 kind of complicated from the standpoint of you can give tickets to recruits, but you can't host them, you can't show them around, you can't talk to them. So they leave tickets for recruits to come see the game, but they're just not able to woo them as you normally would, and certainly show off your campus. But the flip side of that is Georgia also you know, just gave Kirby Smart a $112.5 million contract, right? And uh, he has one of the highest paid staffs in college football. Uh, He has the number one recruiting budget in all of college football. And, you know, so that that stuff costs money. And so, you know, it's a little brazen, I think, on on Kirby's part to want to take away the opportunity to make that extra money. But, you know, he feels they lose a little ground in recruiting. And, and my, I'm of the opinion you're going to lose a little bit of your opportunity to dominate the series when you go home and home because it's tougher to win on somebody else's campus when you're on a neutral site. And this is a neutral site, regardless of what anybody says. Generally, the team with the best players is going to win. And that's been Georgia lately. You know, that's always been kind of that. It's funny you say that. It's been a bone of contention for a lot of years that this is not a neutral site. And this is, you know, a Florida location. But but it's funny. You're, you're adamant about that, that it is it is neutral. You'd rather oh, yeah. play there than the Swamp, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, number one, you definitely want to play there rather than the Swamp. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just a tougher place to play. And I and I think the, the Gators could admit, you know, their, their one trip there in the last 90 years aside – uh, that Sanford Stadium is a much tougher place to win at, but you know that you can just forget where it, where it's physically located because they have done Jacksonville it, for past threats of Georgia pulling out of this game has made it where it's absolutely equitable for Georgia the team to get there. They fly directly out of Athens, which takes about an hour and ten minutes from tarmac to their hotel. And the, the Gators bus from Gainesville, which takes them about 90 minutes from Gainesville to there. So there's no inherent advantage. But when it comes to the game itself, there's 84,000 tickets. 42 of them go to Georgia. 42 of them go to Florida. 42,000 Florida, Florida fans will be in there and 42,000 Georgia fans. It may, it, it may sway one way or another depending on where the teams are at in the moment, such as Georgia being number one now and Florida being unranked. But for the most part, so when you're inside that building, man, it could be played on Pluto, uh, but it's but it, it's competitively even. And the money and everything else is all even. There's, there's no inherent advantage for the Florida Gators. Chip, last question for you. I have just a minute left. Look, last time we saw Georgia, they clubbed Vanderbilt. But what I thought was important is getting their passing game, kind of getting some of that mojo back and getting some of that swag back with Stetson Bennett. You think that was important a couple weeks ago? Does that carry over? I just thought that getting them back into that passing rhythm with Stetson was at least a big takeaway from Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean, I think it was. I mean, I I think it was definitely the the, the objective of that day. Georgia was going to throw it a lot. and why wouldn't you? You know, that was uh, the worst, I think, the absolute worst pass defense in the country. And which is interesting, in in Florida's defense this week, you have the absolute worst team in third down defense. It's uncanny. They're just awful 
on third down and Georgia conversely is really good on third down. Um, now they're they're they certainly have more hosses on defense than than Vanderbilt does, but I think they were trying to get Stetson back into rhythm and and I think he did. He did, you know, his his shoulder was a little bit sore. He got squished after one of those uh, sacks or runs against Missouri. Uh, and, you know, that was bothering him a little bit. But he, we got to speak to him earlier this week. He assures us that, uh, you know, he's 100% fine in terms of his shoulder and ability to throw the football. And he certainly looked that way against Vanderbilt. Check out all of his work at AJC.com. He's got all the coverage leading up to uh, Florida and Georgia coming up this weekend. And, of course, on Twitter, at AJC. I guess I need to say Georgia, Florida. I got stumbled uh, there, Chip, so I apologize. Got to put Georgia first uh, in the rivalry. Check out all of his work, AJC.com, at AJC. Chip, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes tonight. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. You got it. There you go. So, um, George's going to club him this weekend. Yeah, they should, but you know we we didn't talk about what's happening. The, you know, the game after, and that's you know facing Tennessee. Too. Oh yeah, so yeah, you don't you know, want to look ahead. Well, no, yeah, and, but you and, know, but, you know, Richardson's got more interceptions than touchdowns this year. Yeah, yeah, he's not played well for a good bit of the year. They don't. Yeah. His, they're throwing. It's the always the if, and, right? Yeah. Well, well, if he if he can step up and play yeah. like that, if, if he's the best if, player on the field, if my aunt Bessie had ball, she'd be Uncle Phil. Well. So anyway, <laughs> all right, here we go, Vince. When we get back, it's time checking. for what's but yeah. Time for What's Bugging Chuck Reed. Oh, I can't wait. Um, I'm going to let everybody know how much I hate the GDOT. If I don't make it to the 11th anniversary party, you'll know why. It's all next. Chuck Reed, the Key Studios. Vince Cellini joining me. Sports right after the game. Odyssey.com now. This person. It's John Chuckery. Are you sure? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Key Studios Tuesday night with you. The great Vince Cellini is with me, man. I'm excited. I'm loving this, man. man I'm I just am, watching uh, you work, and I'm just watching this maestro at the microphone. Not I, me, brother. Four hours solo yes normally a night yes and that's a talent man yeah that's- you know uh friday it's going to be i got to fill in for carl duke so me and mike bell get to hang out uh, together oh, yeah so you and mikey yes so we i mean i usually fill in for one of those guys when when they're off or like that we so. were just talking about the craft a little bit yes. in the break there you know what you have to do in the craft well because i i and I how had, do you do that i had asked you i said you know again you've been doing this probably 40, over 40 years. Okay, so media, I'm, media. I'm I'm about to be 51, so, you know, you've done this for most of my life. Again, literally, when I say that in the 80s, when I was a teenager, I was watching you on TV on WJW. Like, it was Dick Goddard, Wooly Bear Festival, and then here comes Vince Cellini on a Friday, and then I'm getting ready for Big Chuck and Little John. Okay, that's that's what it was. So when I say that I've seen you forever and a day, I have, but... I, I, I'm always curious when I talk to TV guys about the the transition, why not more radio? You know, I'm always curious because this format is – you. I always hear TV guys talk about, you know, we get our three minutes and that's about it nowadays. And and you know from – Oh, yeah. Now – It's less than that. I mean, you watch these guys for 90 seconds. That's, I mean, yeah, you, you watch the Zach Kleins and stuff like that for 90 seconds it. and it's like, boom, you're in, you're out, And, and, and in done. those days, we I would get five minutes, maybe mm-hmm. six minutes. Yeah. 
to do sports on mm-hmm. weekends back in those. When it went sports, when that was where you got right. your NFL wrap-up or baseball wrap-up or whatever it was. So he asked me why I didn't do more radio. I, I think I was just so engrossed in doing TV. I know when I came here to Atlanta and doing CNN Sports, it was everything I could do to just get through those shows and then do an NBA or an NFL show on, right. on Sunday. So I was just preoccupied with that. But I always dipped into it, you know, worked with Mike Bell and worked yeah. With my yeah, brother. Again, I, I've I've you been know, here and, since '93, so I've heard you a million times on the radio. I've had you on radio shows with me and stuff. I mean, it's just interesting. I mean, the other part of it too is, you know, look, doing TV in Cleveland. One good thing about that, it is basketball, football, baseball. There's professional teams. That was a great thing of all levels. That was Same thing, thing down here is you're not doing it in Des Moines, Iowa. Where you're looking for, and, and it, you learn to be around professional teams, right? And, and how how they travel, how it's run, organization of games, and at the highest level of all those different sports, and you work with great communications people and coaches. So you know, on, on that level, they're professional. You better be a pro. You better be ready to to handle those situations. The thing that I love about it was great a, training. The thing I love about a lot of the, um, that I love about a lot of the local sportscasters here the Sam Crenshaws and people like that is they get invested into local high school sports and, and every TV station does something like that. Obviously where you and I grew up, look, I, I grew up in Stark County, Ohio. You got Maslin McKinley. That, that was as important yeah. as any sport it's, that it's you, you covered that right. week. Right. And you're up St. Ignatius, Lorraine, take this team, that team in yeah. high school. I mean, everything. So we also come from areas that were massively invested in high school football. We have a high school football show on Friday nights here that Sam mm-hmm. Crenshaw does. Like, that's the thing that that I think is great about the TV guys and girls that do this as well is at least nowadays it feels like you can give – that you can spend your time focusing at that lower level. It doesn't have to be – you don't really get into national – discussions about I, Yankees yeah, I, and Astros. It's Buford High School and the Braves. Honestly, my first job was three days a week report and did weekends on Saturday and Sunday. And many of the stories I did were high school football stories mm-hmm. or high school basketball stories. And I went out and I did those stories. And it was great training to learn how to assemble those stories and use those players and coaches to to talk to and and understand how to assemble and what journalism was. What was a good soundbite? What's a good What's a good piece of video? Here? Right. So it was it was great training to go report and then have to turn that thing around for six o'clock. And so, the, no matter what, the, I always say this: no matter what you're covering, what the job is, that job's important. That's the most important job. You don't give less by doing. You know, I've done stuff when I came back here uh, from Golf Channel. I was doing digital over at, at Turner, NCAA, and NASCAR. I did NASCAR with Mike Bell. Mm-hmm. So. But I, I gave it the same diligence, due diligence, that I would give any other sport. And that's what I tell a lot of young people when I go talk to them now. I said, every job is important. It's not big or small. Whatever that is, that high school that you're covering, that's somebody's most important story. So that's what I you know try to get across. And you asked about doing stuff like this. For me, and, and I'll speak for me, and there, and there are other people, but I'll speak directly for me. I don't look at this as a job. Like, I get to come in here, talk sports, you get have to. passion. You don't have to. You get right. to. Like, I get to come in here and do this, and it's fun. Like, in all honesty, like, I'm not blowing smoke, but getting a chance to work and hang out with people like you. We had Ed Lover in here the last couple of weeks. Like, working with Mike Bell. You know, I'm uh, Monday, I'm working with Steak, you know, and I've worked with Steak a couple times, once or twice here, you know, since he's been Like, that's fun. Like, I... 
I, I, I appreciate and love having my show, but I also enjoy getting to meet and mix up with other people. And we just like what you and I are doing. We talk sports. Like, this is not – I don't have to solve anybody's problems. I don't have to, you know – you know, put you on the couch and we have a Could you, though? Session. Because I think at this point I had some investment uh, you, questions. That so, I funny that you bring that up. Two things. And one, lawn issues. One, well. well, I can handle that for sure. I know. So, one is Sam Mitchell and I, one of the things that Reggie Rouse, who's the program director for V103, he wanted Sam and I to do a non-sports show. Sam and I did a show on WAOK. And if you remember, Sam was doing – from home, a um, syndicated radio show that was really sports, but it was other things. And we did a show down at WAOK. We had relationships. We had dating advice. We had all Wait kinds of you, you, things. You were giving dating advice? Oh, yeah. John? Everything really? not to do. Yeah. I didn't know. You, I, I, see, I didn't know there was a complete other side to oh, you. Oh, absolutely. Listen. You're a romantic? Is he, that it? Listen. So... Are you hitch? Ten, 10 o'clock. Yeah, that's what I am. I'm Kevin James. I mean, I don't make the pizza, you know, or anything like that. You know, 10 o'clock, we do the Brown Liquor Music Hour. So ten when 10 o'clock hits, you know, we do what's called the Brown Liquor Music Hour. Now, I've had to teach this guy what Brown Liquor Music is, but, you know, we get into those I have my own version of Brown Liquor Music. Well, yes. how far back do you go, like, for music-wise? Oh. Like, what will you listen to? Um, I go back to, like, early 2000s when I'm the stuff I know. Exactly. Yeah, just to be honest with you, we got to get you the seventies. I remember like in the seventies. I remember. I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. Like first, probably like exposure to like R and B type brown liquor music stuff was probably like Usher, Let It Burn. See, like if I said, watch this. So you prefer thirty three or forty five RPM? You mean rotations per minute? I'm I'm R- asking R- you. You a thirty three or forty five RPM guy? Or seventy eight? I, I yeah. guess. Uh, I would guess 45. You know the difference? Or? I don't even know what you're talking about right now. <laughs> See what I mean? I w- it, what, do you, what do you think he'd respond? If I showed him an 8-track. How about a rotary phone? Yeah. If I showed him an 8-track, what do you think he'd respond to? You talking about the, uh, the record player, the big, the big brown, the black disc I know, and all the little lines on it are the different yes. tracks. Yes. I know that much. Let's get to what's bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. loosened up here. Okay? We had our 10th anniversary party on Saturday. So, I did the college football show here until noon. We're here in Midtown. I'm going to run up to Canton, grab my daughter. We're going to come back down to New Realm Brewing Company. Hey, 2.30, we're taking a group photo. No problem. That's two and a half hours from the time that the show was done. Dylan, ask me how long it took to go from here to Canton to New Realm Brewing Company on Saturday. How long, Chuck? Two hours and 40 minutes. Goodness. You know why? Why? Because we have the interstates in this town so screwed up. They just spent two and a half years screwing up I-75 just to turn around six months later, and they had, Vince, not one, not two, Three different places on I-75 North where 
three lanes were shut down between here and where 575 splits off. And I and it was so backed up coming down that when I picked my daughter up, I went back through Alpharetta to Roswell. And then you get on 400 and where 400 and 285 is, it's Lombard Street. Oy vey. Yeah, they have that thing has got more twists and turns than a pretzel reject factory. Like you're all it's a it's got less curves than Panoma racetrack. And it's impossible. This is Saturday, not Monday in rush hour, not five o'clock on a Tuesday. This is Saturday at noon. And it took me over an hour just to get to Canton, just to get up there, get her, and then schlub it all the way. So needless to say, I wasn't there for the photo. Can I tell you, I loathe the DOT. They're going to mess up this highway for the second time in a year and not get anything. I watched that. You know, they've got all these HIV lanes and these pineapple lanes. Yeah, they have an and, HIV lane? Yeah, what, whatever those multi, what the multi, what are those things called? The HIV lanes or it's whatever? The HOV right. lane. Right. Like I said, the HIV lanes, they got the, what is it, the pineapple pass or the kumquat pass the or what? pass. Okay, so they got the kumquats and the pineapples, yeah. and nobody's on that. Nobody, you, there's like five cars, like, like one person. For every like quarter mile is on those things, and they screwed up the interstate for two and a half years on that. Now they're back to shut it down here, shut it down there. To do what? To do what? Repave the road because of all the you, snow you, and ice that yeah, we get? You, you can't close, and I've been in that. I was a couple months ago. I was heading south uh, for a job, and it was one lane. You, yeah. you can't you can't close seventy five before right. West Pace is coming down to one lane. You yes. can't. You can't do that. I, they, they've managed to 75 north at some points has eight lanes to it. They managed to bring it down to two. They, I, it's a That's an engineering miracle itself that they had enough barrels to shut down five lanes of road to narrow it down. Literally, you're going to drive in the in, in the ditch on the on the what is the thing outside the, the white lines? Whatever. Like you're in the emergency lane. It's ridiculous. To do what? They're not making anything better. Go drive 400 and 285. I moved here in 93. So next year's 30 years. They're finally working on the intersection of 285 and 400. That was screwed up when I moved here in 93. So now what they've done is they've waited until... Really, really one of the most difficult entrances yes. you could make. So it's, here's what it's they did. It's incredibly difficult. Now let's wait until we go from 3 million to 6.5 million people to finally fix that thing. Let's wait until every living, warm-bodied organism has moved up that way. Now we'll fix it. Now here's what we'll do. We'll tear it up and we'll redo the whole thing. Couldn't have done that in... 94, 95, when, when you drove up into North Fulton County, it was two-lane speedway. Nope. We got to wait for the extra three and a half million people to move here over 30 years, and now we'll go in there and put a dynamite stick to it, and we'll start over, and now we'll try to make it better. Because here's what we'll do. We'll make HIV lanes, kumquat lanes. We'll add all this kind of goofy stuff in. I got, I got pineapples. I got oranges. I got mangoes i got tangerines and Peaches. stuff 
Right. That's what I said. I got avocados. I got everything imaginable. Here's what I don't have. I don't have any lanes to drive in. I've got all this work, but I have no lanes to drive in. Just do this. Build the double-decker highway. Just build the highway on top of it and let us roll. I, make it the Autobahn. Just put one more road on top of 75 from here to Chattanooga and say, go get you some. You know, I got I, I to gotta give a salute to the hometown because you know this. When you were in trouble up in Northeast Ohio, you could take 77 to 271 to 480 yep. and get back on yep. 71. And yep. you had alternatives. Yep. But here, you're trapped, brother. Yes. You're you trapped are. like rats. You, you know the only problem that was up there? Hopkins Airport was never not under construction. <laughs> never. You well, the could barrels, fly, yeah. You could fly into Hopkins at any time of your life. I guarantee you, you could take photos over a 50 year period at Hopkins Airport. And there'd always be construction at Hopkins Airport. That was the worst airport to go in and out of. But this road situation down here, they haven't fixed anything. They've turned 400 to 285. It's Lombard Street. It's Panoma Speedway. It's just you're twisting and you're turning and merging and this and that. It's not making anything better. It's only one thing to do, John. You have to run for office and uh, make some, some big Could changes Could you imagine here. my platform? I'd fi- I, we wouldn't have a DOT. <laughs> But I, and I get it. The only way they get more money is to spend the money that they get now. If you don't go. So let's do this. We're going to tear up 75 for two and a half years, building all these pineapple pass lanes. Then when we get that done, let's come back through and shut half of that down so that nobody can get through there. Nobody can get through. And then put to put the cherry on top, John, when you finally got to New Rumbering, you had to park, what, two miles away? Yeah. That that's a whole other story. That's a listen. That may so, be a separate rant. I I we had New Realm Brewing Company on the Beltline. I parked in Decatur somewhere around there. It seemed like <laughs> to get over there. That's a whole separate issue. But it took me legitimately two hours and forty minutes nonstop drive. Like I called my daughter and I said, "I'm about at the house. Run out and just dive through the window in the car so we can get going." Okay, normally I got a I got a 13 year old daughter about to be 14. Yeah, you may have to wait. Nope, I call. I was like, make sure you're ready because I gotta go. I'm like, do a Bo and Luke Duke. Just jump through the side window so we can hit the road and go. And I didn't even attempt to go back 75 South. I went through Alpharetta, Roswell because I live in Roswell, so I know how to sneak my way back there. But once you got on 400, here we go Lombard Street. It's Panoma Speedway. It's Left, right, has, this, that, and the other. Has anyone figured out, too, and I'd love to know, if you commute every day here, because I don't now, I'm kind of off hours, how much of your life is in the car in a year? Oh. How much of your life do you spend in the car in traffic in a year? I will tell you, I leave. Uh, tweet, like, tweet me on that. I'd like to, to know if somebody calculated to it. To come down here, I typically leave out a little bit before 4. I'm usually here by about 4.40 to 4.50, so it takes me... Roughly 40, 45 minutes to get down here. Even at night, at 11 o'clock at night, they'll have 285 and 400 shut down. It's down to one lane. We got barrels. We got arrows. We got this. We got that. I got I got smoke billowing up in the air. I got machines cutting concrete and all this stuff. And nothing about it's better. Nothing is better. And that's what's bugging you. Well, you just have to take the, uh, the game chopper. Why didn't they just yeah, put you in the helicopter hey, and... They have a helipad on top of the building. Well, well let's go. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't make Mike Bell money. Let's That's... go out. Let's go out. Odyssey, let's, let's get the chopper up there on the roof. Do you want to hang out with us? I, I, I would love to. 
but I wasn't anticipating No, it's okay. It. But I wasn't I, I, anti- I, But you, you put me on the spot. You have an invite. You come back anytime that you well, want. You come that. back and hang out. It's been a real pleasure, Vince. It I mean, has been, honestly, I enjoyed it so much. I and, thank you so much for sitting and in. And I, I want to thank everyone here, Mike Conti, and all the guys that allowed me to come in and just uh, spend some time here. I'd love to, I'd love to come back. I, I hope you do. You better. You better. All right, when we come back, the Braves did not run into a buzzsaw. I'll explain next. Chuck Rinnicky Studios, Sports Radio After the Game, Odyssey.com. 